This is the BBC. This podcast is supported by advertising outside the UK. The swirling mists and the seen the howling of the wind. <laughs> yes, you expect when you come to the North Yorkshire Moors, sure yeah. don't you? Yeah, you do. <laughs> but the company that I am now in is is a little unexpected, and the place that I am, this particular small community living uh-huh. in the southwest corner of the North, North Yorkshire, Yorkshire Moors, yeah. is a little bit of a surprise. Yeah, yeah. Well, we... it shouldn't be too much of a surprise, really, because we are actually on monastic territory. Many, many of the Benedictine and Cistercian monasteries and other orders were placed. I mean, we overlook Byland Abbey. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a Cistercian monastery, the ruins of. And four miles north, you've got Revo. So what all we are doing is renewing the footprint of the monks that were already here in the 12th, 13th, 14th century. But in a very 21st century. In a very 21st century. (laughs) Well, I have come to visit the Sisters of Stanbrook Abbey. This is your new home. You've been here, what, maybe three years now? Coming up for four four years years now. now. You left the fertile plains of Worcester to come to the wilds of North Yorkshire (laughs) to resettle. Yes. We were living in a monastery which was... Um, it was four acres of monastery and five stories high. And um, what we're here to do is live the monastic life. And what we were ending up doing was trying to support buildings. And what, what I did was oversaw the building of the monastery here, <laughs> which we, as we have the pine forest behind us, we can look across. across and it, we shall find out more about this super (laughs) eco-friendly monastery that you've created Mm -hmm. in in this landscape Mm -hmm. this as you described historic religious landscape we shall explore that shortly but it's understanding with you as the mother abbess Mm -hmm. andrea of this Mm -hmm. community Mm -hmm. you coming here a a very sharp contrast to the lives you would have led in the gothic pile of your old place the essentials are exactly the same I mean, obviously, buildings um, form how you live, and that was why we had to think about our future. But the essentials, the heart of our life was exactly the same, which was the monastic life, the work of God, as St Benedict calls it, and that is what goes on in our chapel six times a day. We're in and out of the chapel. That stays the same. That has stayed the same since our foundation in 1623. And But you were in Worcester for, what, 170 years? It's 171 oh, years. Well, that extra it's one right, makes that a every, I said, I'm saying we're going to be here at least 172 years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You did come here... Um, I mean, you didn't really know what was going to happen, did you? You didn't know we, even was, that you were going to get planning permission at the in the early days in a national park, which is a tricky thing to do. We did. It was a complete act of faith because we bought the farm before we had planning permission, <laughs> and our even our financial advisor, who is down, he works in the national park down in Devon, and he said to us, "If you get planning permission in the national park." It truly proves that you are meant to be here. That will be a first-class miracle. 
have you become attached to the landscape or, or you know you don't close yourself away even though you are a closed community mm-hmm. you don't close yourself off from this landscape oh no I mean this is part of God's creation so you can't close yourself off from God's creation and this is all part of our enclosure um, so you know we, we're able to walk around and be part of it and in one sense the creation is you know just being in it is part of prayer anyway pray brothers and sisters May the Lord accept the sacrifice of your hands for the praise and glory of his name. Now this is, we're moving up here to where the chickens are. She should be up here to get fresh eggs every day. More or less, in now we are getting fresh eggs every day. We've just got some, um, I think we call them pullets, excuse me. Are you learning a lot? I am. Your sister, their sister Scholastica. Oh, look, there she is. She's got a bucket of feed and a bale of straw or hay under her arm. I suspect that's for the sheep. That's for Catherine and Gertrude. I left the lambs in the paddock because I thought they might like to say hello as well. (laughs) You have early morning duties to do then. After the prayers and the mass are done, you have to come outside and get on with this. It depends what time of day it is. In the summer, it's before the prayers because <laughs> the hens get up very early in the morning <laughs> and of course when we've got well we had the lambs last year and they needed bottle feeding at six o'clock or thereabouts <laughs> did you have previous training in agricultural skills no, <laughs> no it's all new to you solicitor was our training <laughs> mother andrea had hefty walking boots and thick socks on you've got your wellies on underneath your habit Yes, I, sometimes if I'm mucking them out or anything like that, I get fully changed. I put jeans on and the whole works, but <laughs> it just depends. The habits are very adaptable, actually. We're heading for that gate up there. Can I carry anything for you? Maybe I'll get okay. the gate. Yeah, that would be great. I'm afraid all the hens have taken cover and they're most unlikely to come out. <laughs> I can't blame them. It's the most filthy day. <laughs> but these girls are here. They're waiting to see us. This one here, Katie or Catherine. I think her mother oh, just couldn't. Them. Oh, of course, yes. Oh. <laughs> and any particular names? Well, Katie and Gertie, or Catherine and Gertrude, because they were two of our foundresses, and we saw them as sort of being foundresses of a new flock. So. <laughs> you named the sheep after the founding sisters of your community. Well, I'm afraid in the so. 1600s. <laughs> Crikey. <laughs> They're good Yorkshire white sheep. <laughs> Let's not get too technical with breeds. No, I don't, I don't know much about sheep breeds, I'm afraid. I think there's a touch of Texel in them somewhere. Really? So you can oh, well, start I'll take there. your word for it. <laughs> you see, I'm curious why it is that you, Sister Scholastica, have got the role of the keeper of the hens and the livestock. <laughs> is there a reason for that? I think the reason is that I was just in the right place at the right time, if you like. I was quite interested because I actually come from a farming background. My grandfather was a farmer. My two uncles were both farmers. So my mother left the farm as quickly as she could. (laughs) But uh, there's obviously farming stock in me somewhere, but I've had no experience of it at all. It's come quite naturally to you. Well, it's absolutely wonderful. I love it. And this was one of the great things about moving up here. The idea was to have animals, to have as much, as far as I was concerned, to have as much livestock as possible. How, though, does it fit in to your religious life now? Because it would never have had anything to do with your day-to-day religious life when you were in Worcester. 
Well, it didn't latterly, but in the past it did. I mean, it's very much part of the monastic tradition is to be self-sufficient, supporting. And in the early days at um, Old Stanbrook, Worcester, they developed, there was about 17 acres of land, I think. A lot of it was farmed. We grew most of our own vegetables, fruit, a huge orchard. And they had lots of hens there. Um, and at various different times, I think they did have pigs and various mm. other livestock. So it has been in the past. It was only in, in more recent years that as numbers fell and it just wasn't practical in a lot of ways to do it. And it largely wasn't practical because perhaps the land wasn't that suitable. It was very much an enclosed garden. Land, a lot of it was landscaped. Um, so coming up here is just really returning to what monastics have always done and what we have done in the past as well. And in fact, interesting, I'm also archivist. I discovered that um, I've been looking through some of the papers relating to our first monastery in Combray, that we had um, a couple of cows there, we had sheep, we had chickens. Of course, in those days, it was was essential, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. So it's all part of the great tradition. God's been really good to bring us here, actually. So it's... It's wonderful. <laughs> Sister Laurentia, hello. You're right down, all the way down the drive. Mm-hmm. So we can actually look up upon this quite amazing super eco-friendly monastery that you are now have your community in and you're going to take me into that and tell me about all the different aspects of it yes well green things have always been important to to benedictines um, so that's not new we consider ourselves as stewards of the landscape Uh, we sing 150 psalms many of which are praising god for his creation every week so that's that's not new at all uh, but when we decided to move from our big monastery down in, in Worcester, we thought it was a great opportunity to put some of these traditional Benedictine values into, into practice. practice in a much yes. more visible yes. way. Yes. So that's what we've tried to do. The very simple building, it's set very low in the local stone, that lovely... It's a sandstone, yes, yeah, and it's cool, weathering. Cool honey. It's weathering cover. very nicely. When mm. we get up close, you'll mm. see some of the, the oranges and purples and tints in it. Yeah, so here we are at the, the reed beds, which is a passive sewerage system. So we're down below the that, monastery. That's right. It, it uses gravity. It's totally natural. So the effluent comes down from the monastery, down this gentle slope, flows into the reed beds, and the reeds, they have the capacity to fix oxygen through their stem and, and gather it at the root system. And that feeds the microorganisms, which break down the organic matter. Very did simply. you know all this before you came here, or did you have to learn it? Well, I, I studied geography, so I did know a little bit about it, but I've had to sort of, you know, brush up. And yeah, we've all, we've all become much more aware in that sort of way of these things. Well, because of what you were in the past before you came into the order, yeah. do, do the skills that you have then have a part to play in the jobs that you get to do now, like you showing me all the, the, the eco-friendliness of the monastery? No, not no. really. We come to be nuns. You, you know, I was a teacher. I didn't do any sort of teaching for maybe the first 12 years. You know, I was put in the sewing department of all things. It doesn't matter. You come to be here for God. And sometimes your, your skills can be a, a liability, really, because you come to learn a new way of life. 
and nothing's lost, you know, it, it, it's taken up later on and I, I did end up in a teaching job within the monastery after that. But um, because we're here to seek God, we're contemplatives. That is our main work, praising God, praying. Hospitality, certainly we interact with the outside world, that's very Benedictine. We're here, all our services are open to the public. We're here to, to listen to people, to try and give help and advice if we can with all their problems or whatever they want to come and share with us. So we're not cut off from the world in that sense, but our work is to be, to be a sign too. We're, as you see, we're a city set on a hilltop, and uh, although we are discreet for the national park, we're supposed to, to be a sign to people of, of God. You know, mm. That's the only reason for our existence is, is to seek God. This bit of carpet is actually recycled um, tyres, car tyres. Very tough. Um, so we're going to go through the monastery down to the rainwater harvesting. It's lovely and warm. Yes, yes it, it is. is. Yes, that's the wood chip boiler being very efficient. Um, low ceilings, there's natural light floods in from all sorts of angles. Yes. And they're not very obvious sometimes. No, the, um, the architects wanted to get as much light into the building mm-hmm. as possible. Uh, they spent 48 hours in our old monastery trying to soak up the atmosphere and um, I think they succeeded very well. For instance, here, this long vista down the cloister with opening out to the light, that was something we had in our beautiful Pugin monastery. To walk through there, you would see the Yorkshire landscape on both sides Absolutely, yes. and be walking ahead to a narrow light that's ahead it. of you at the it, far end. That symbolises the whole monastic mm. quest, mm. as you're walking to, mm. towards God. Mm. Yeah. And we have the technology of what round of Sisters Laurentia? Well, this is the rainwater harvesting tank. All the water... It, that falls on the roofs is collected and ends up down here in this basement. This is fascinating. This is the the high end of um, eco-technology to be able to harvest your own rainwater and have everything that's done to it here and then piped all round the new monastery. Hmm. Yes, being good stewards. Mm -hmm. Um, As it says in Genesis, God made us to to be good stewards of the land and that's that's what we try to do. Here you are, here are your walking companions. Hello. I hope you're well wrapped up because it is freezing cold out here. Catherine, you are a new postulant. That's right. You're not you're not warmly enough dressed for being out in the North Yorkshire Moors. I'm used to it by now. <laughs> so we're going out also with Sister Josephine. That's right, yes. Hello. Hello. And Sister <laughs> Philippa. Philippa. How lovely. Philippa. I, you you often carry a camera with you, but you you wouldn't be doing that today, would you? How do you know I'm often <laughs> You've done very good research. <laughs> We're going not to go today. In, not the camera's not good enough to take a good photograph in this. <laughs> missed. We're going to go into the forest and um, have a little chat yeah. and 
and find out about your thoughts and feelings about this place and the wildlife and the nature of the place, which is lovely. I think we could start by looking at that gorgeous view. <laughs> I know. <laughs> is anybody showing you where the gorgeous view is well, we, we when could, it's visible? Well, we could go and look at it in the mist and try and imagine it, <laughs> shall we? <laughs> On a clear day, you can see five power stations. Well, that's not a very good view. <laughs> Well, from that distance, though, it's a, they look like um, castles in the distance. So you have a very good imagination. Oh, ships on the sea, <laughs> I've heard. They do. Yeah. The, yes. the because the clouds, the mm. the and the clouds, too, can be below them. So it's just these little turrets coming out of the clouds. Well, we, you don't need that much imagination to see the beauty. And when the sun is shining, it glints on the minster. Yes. York Minster. Yes. York mm, Minster. Yes. yes. Signalling mm. almost, doesn't it, when it does it that? Does. We're going yes. to go into the forest. Soon after we came, uh, Father Henry gave us a homily. No, Father Henry Wandsborough, who translated the New Jerusalem Bible. And he said, I've heard the nuns have taken to the woods in a big way. <laughs> <laughs> but Catherine runs in the woods. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I used to run marathons, so coming here to an enclosed monastery, I was like, am I going to be able to run? But I still do, so... And will you be able to do that when you're fully confirmed as a nun? Well, I haven't quite got around thinking what I'm going to do when I'm wearing a habit. Um, you don't, you can change into <laughs> trousers and things, so that's... Yeah, I'm going to have to get very quick at changing. But no, twice round. It's not quite a marathon, but it's beautiful. Twice so. round, Catherine? Yeah. Every day? 40 minutes. That's very impressive. <laughs> There's great bird song, isn't there? There yeah. is. Mm. So you would be a postulant. That's Catherine. right. Now, what does that mean? Um, or what brought you here into this particular place? Well, a postulant is someone who's in their first six months. Before that, you get to know the community by coming regularly for visits, really. Um, and so I've been coming to Stanbrook for about a year, just over a year before I came and entered and I entered on um, the 6th of January and that's when I entered as a postulant so before that I was visiting and I'd done three weeks inside the enclosure And are you going to become a nun? <laughs> um, <laughs> that's It's a very <laughs> No, it's a Yeah, well, that's the hope and it's a day by day process really I remember you somebody know. saying to me, you won't last three weeks without <laughs> Nivea cream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's and funny because your complexion now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what I remember, um, the biggest concern for me when I found out I was going for a weekend in Worcester in an enclosed monastery was how I was going to cope without a mirror and without makeup. <laughs> so, <laughs> It's funny how quickly you take all of those little questions for granted, though, that they were all questions that I yeah. was wondering and asking well, this, just yeah. a few months ago, yeah. and now it's yeah. they're not something that I really think about. It's strange, really. When we first got here, I used to do some of the shopping, and um, one time I had to buy quite a bit of fish for the community. We hadn't sourced anywhere else. And the chap on the checkout... Gosh, do you like fish? <laughs> I said, well, actually, yes, I do, but there is, this is for 20 of us. And he could not believe that 20 people would eat the same meal. It was mm. just completely, you know, you mean, 
you all eat the same? I said, we do. And we eat it at the same time as well. And this is, you know, he fell off his chair. <laughs> you know it. And I could have added, and we eat in silence too with somebody reading to us, but I thought he'd had enough by then. But, you know, um, we forget how the way we live our life in community can be very countercultural in today's world where this individual me, my, now, when I feel like, um, is just taken as the norm. And, you know, I think that's what people find hard. Why would we give that up? Why would you give up being able to have everything you want, everything you want when you want yeah. it? Mm. Um, it's a simplicity, I think. I look, we'll walk back to the building. It's a simple building when you look at it. You lead a, a simple life in many ways filled with, you know, the simplicity of prayer in the most you know, natural and wild of environments. Um, it all comes together beautifully here, yeah. really. Yeah. Can I just say something about Sister Philippa's photography? I just was coming to that. Yeah, the perfect. Because nature, yeah. That sense of seeing things. Yeah. I don't know if you would think that you see things any differently since we're being here, but you're certainly capturing them for others. Um, Well, it's it's the very, very best thing that's happened to me personally since we moved was the discovery of photography. I hadn't taken a photograph for about 50 years <laughs> and I didn't have a camera and I saved up until I got one. People had given me some money for Christmas and it was an absolute revelation that if you really look at anything, it's beautiful. That first winter, I noticed even the muddy puddles and the ice you know, partly melted and the, the worlds of ice, you know, within the mud, all of it was beautiful. It's not just what you see or hear, it's what you feel as well. And it was during my aspirancy, actually, I came for a walk in the woods and I went and I had my, my hair was dry when I left and I came back and my hair was soaking wet because of all of the moisture in the air. And it was just all of the senses, really. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's the other thing that I'm learning, that um, in many ways, the landscapes that I was used to, being able to travel wherever I wanted to and loving the sea and walking by the sea, um, it's a lot more limited in that sense that I only have one area that I can explore, even though it's an amazingly beautiful area. But you just have to then start to look at it with different eyes and you don't take anything for granted. Like Sister Philippa says, you find beauty in everything that surrounds you rather than just saying oh I've done this tick the box go off and find something else which is a new way of experiencing it really it is sort of plumbing the depths of something really that attentiveness to yes to detail really and always being aware you know that there's always more you know Mm -hmm. that one hasn't plumbed them Mm -hmm. there's always more and more and more beyond in the natural landscape? Even in the natural landscape, yes. And, of course, that also is a reflection of the spiritual life. Yes. Gregory of Nyssa has this lovely uh, thing about heaven, how in heaven there'll always be more. It'll always be you know, a, a journey of beyond and beyond and beyond and never feeling you've got there and never you know, being sated. And, uh, Can you feel that in North Yorkshire, here? Not all the time. 
There are definitely glimpses of it, though. Glimpses. Yes. Definitely glimpses of it. There are days when things are just as they should be, and you think, if I was given just this one day to live forever, this could be heaven. <laughs> 